Hi, I'm Jack uh, and I'm a member of Gunnerhurt Baptist Church. In this podcast series, we'll be looking at some big questions regarding the Bible and the Christian faith, which we will attempt to discuss in a biblical, rational way. Today, I'm joined by Drew Steele, the pastor of Gunnerhurt Baptist. Good morning, Drew. Morning, Jack. Uh, Drew, the main question I, I want to ask you this morning is, can we really trust the Bible as the word of God? The Bible itself claims to be divinely inspired, but how can we really know that that is the case? Yeah, it's a great question, Jack, and I think it's an appropriate place for us to even start this podcast series. And as you say, the the Bible itself does claim to be the word of God. And so uh, essentially, that's how I'm going to answer this question. How do we know that it's the case? Well, because it says so. Um, but, But I guess there might be many who question how you can trust the authority of something that it itself claims to be. Uh, if that makes sense. So, I mean, for example, I could tell you that I'm the, the world's greatest chef. So Gordon Ramsay, Jimmy Oliver, guys at the Great British Menu, MasterChef, they've got, they've got nothing on me. Um, but you would only know my claim to be the world's greatest chef if there was some kind of measure to determine whether that was true. So, so one way you could measure that would be by tasting the food that I create for a start. Another would be by comparing my food to someone else's. Um, or maybe other people would have to sample the food to get a, a good wide-ranging opinion that I am indeed the world's greatest chef. Um, but, but the interesting thing about that process is that, that I can only be crowned the world's greatest chef by an authority that's greater than me who, who's able to bestow that honor, um, if, if that argument flows. So whether it's the, the judges at MasterChef or the guys behind uh, the Michelin stars, they have the authority to judge whether my claim is, is right. Uh, and when we take that logic to the Bible, and indeed any means um, by which we would claim to judge God and his actions, uh, then we've got to recognize where the authority to be able to truly authenticate those claims actually lies. Um, so, so the Bible claims to be the word of God, therefore it's God who is able to authenticate whether that claim is right or not. It's not me, it's God, it, it's not logic, it, it's God. Uh, you see, if, if I was the one hypothetically sitting behind the judge's table assessing whether the claims the Bible makes are actually true, then essentially I'm saying that I have an authority that is greater than the Bible. Mm-hmm. But, but Christians don't say that. Indeed, I would say Christians can't say that. That to be a Christian is to believe and to, to trust and put your whole life um, in the words of the Bible, pointing your whole life towards the words of the Bible, knowing that it is the authority, it is God's word. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess uh, there needs to be a, a, an appreciation of, of faith when it comes to the claims of the Bible. Um, yes, of course, there should be careful examination of the text itself. I'm not advocating some kind of blind faith, but, but there must also be a willingness in someone who's searching through the Bible to, to recognize that it's more than a history book. It's more than a religious book. Um, it is the word of God. Uh, and therefore, there is a sense in which we can know the claims of God to be true as we experience them in our daily lives. And so when, when we put the teaching of God into practice, um, when we study it in, in all its wonder and complexity, um, yet, yet beautiful simplicity, then we'll begin to, to more fully appreciate the truth in its claims that it, it is indeed the word of God. Um, and in fact, God himself says something along those lines, doesn't he, in Psalm 34, the taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. And so there's a sense in which we, um, we, we believe that this is the word of God, 
and we we that belief is bolstered if i can put it like that when we when we put those claims into practice and we see that yes these are indeed good and true um now with all that being said i do want to share a couple of verses that clearly explain that the bible is god's word yeah. written by human hands yes but but under the guidance and direction of the holy spirit um and so one of the the most common examples would be cited would be second timothy 3 16 and 17 um, where we read all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work all scripture is god breathed uh, and so there's scripture clearly saying god himself through his word saying i breathe this word into me um, even in, uh, in, if you look at second peter 121 and um, peter's writing and saying for prophecy never had its origin in the human will but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, and so there is already this understanding that prophets, Old Testament prophets, um, were carried along by the Spirit. Um, there's other occurrences in the New Testament where we see um, Peter talking about Paul's writing as inspired scripture. Um, or maybe Psalm 119, um, where uh, the psalmist just says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. Uh, later on in verse 105, your word is a lamp for my feet. The idea of this is the, the, the Holy Scripture is your word, God. It is your word. Um, and so these are just a few of the examples, um, not to mention all the times we see God's word, whether it's the law or the prophets or the Psalms particularly, uh, quoted in the New Testament, and, and they're understood as God's divine word. Uh, there's an authority there. There's a, a measuring stick that only is provided by God himself. And so that, that's that's the long answer to, to the question. I guess the short answer would really be, how do, how do we know the Bible is God's word? Well, because it says it is. Mm-hmm. And, and for, for Christians, that's where, we, that's where we hang our hat. That is enough because God himself has claimed that this is his word and God is the ultimate authority. Yes, um, that's very helpful, Drew. Thank you. Um, On to uh, a related question then. Um, does the Bible contain all that we, as as people, need to know? Um, well, that's a you, you could go a lot of different directions with that question, but essentially, I want to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, let me clarify before someone comes back with, "Well, no, it doesn't," because the Bible doesn't tell me how I, you know, should cut my grass, um, which is <laughs> what I did last night, which is why it's in my head. Um, but, but what I mean, and, and there's a key point to your question there. What I mean is, the Bible contains everything that we need to know. Um, mm-hmm. So, the greatest truth that any of us need to know and need to hear is the message of Jesus. It's the reality of his, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension back to heaven, his coming return that we wait for. That is the most essential news that anyone can know. And that's because he came to heal the, the divide that our sin puts between us and God. And there's no way for that chasm to be stretched across other than Jesus. Mm-hmm. So only he, only God's son, um, who was blameless and holy and pure, only he, can take the penalty of the sin that is ours to pay. Um, and so that, that penalty is death and, and separation from God for all eternity. Um, but Jesus died so that the penalty that we owe would be counted as paid. Uh, and therefore, for those who put their faith in what Jesus has accomplished and live their lives in, in this joyful obedience to him, then, then their sins are forgiven. They are welcomed into the presence of God for now and for all eternity. 
Uh, you see, that's that's why it's the most significant, the most essential news that anyone needs to know. And, and that message is found in the pages of the Bible. And so, yes, the Bible contains all that we need to know, you know because that is the most crucial thing that we can know and need to know. Um, now, now, in saying that, the Bible doesn't claim to show us everything there is to know about God himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the pages of, of the Bible do not contain uh, the, the enormity of who God is and what God has done uh, in all its fullness, but, but they do show us all that we need to know about him. Um, so, so that means that there, that there are, I would say there should be uh, Christians who wholeheartedly believe what the Bible says. We, they, they live each day seeking to honor God with their whole lives, um, yet they still have questions about faith. And, and that's a good thing. See, if we, didn't have, if we didn't have questions, then it would show that either we don't care enough to pay attention or, or, that, we were, or that we're able to understand everything there is to know about God. Um, but, but there's no way that our human and finite minds should or could understand everything there is to know about God. I mean, if we did, then, then he's not very powerful. He's not very mm-hmm. majestic. He, he's, not, he's not worthy of worship <clears throat> at all. Um, if I can understand him as a finite, flawed human being. Um, and so there are things that we will never know about God. And there are circumstances that he's in control of that we may never comprehend. Um, but mm. those questions that we might have in those situations, they, they don't reduce our faith, I don't think. Instead, they, they point us to the, to the enormity and the wonder of the one who our faith is in, who does understand, who does know, who is in control, even when we can't see it. Um, and so rather than our questions uh, reducing our level of trust in him because we can't see what he's doing, and actually I find that our faith in him is or can be expanded as we don't understand what's going on, but we trust him who does. When, when things seem so chaotic here, we trust in a God who brings order. Um, and mm-hmm. so there's our faith in him is expanded and he's not scared of our questions. Um, and so we can bring them to him. Uh, we, as I say, we may never uh, and, uh, delve into the depths of, of, of who he truly is in all his fullness. Um, but what we do know and what we can see through his word of who he is and what he's done and what he is yet to do, uh, then we can know that he is trustworthy. Um, and so it does, the Bible, yes, does contain everything we need to know uh, about the essential of life. Yes. So you're saying there, Drew, that the Bible we find in its pages, it doesn't tell us everything that we can, everything that there is to know about God for if he, if he is truly the almighty God, the creator of, of heaven and earth, um, how could we possibly know all there is to know um, as humans about God? But you're saying that the Bible does contain all that we need to know in terms of his redemption plan in his sending uh, of his son, the Lord Jesus. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliantly put. Um, and, and even, you know, when you take the, the whole uh, overarching story of scripture, um, that is what it's about from creation to, to restoration. Um, yeah. and so there, there's one story in the Bible, uh, that's again, one of the, one of the wonderful things that make it, makes it so unique and gives it such authority that God has woven this book together, um, from, uh, from many different human hands who authored it, uh, but he is telling his story through them. And that story is of his, uh, wonderful love for his world, uh, his, his redemption plan, 
uh, how we have continually messed it up but in his faithfulness he makes a way possible uh, for us to be in relationship with him for now and for all eternity uh, and so yes Jack I, absolutely it, it doesn't contain everything there is to know but it contains everything we need to know yes thank you Drew and finally uh, I wanted to ask you this morning um, quite a, a broad question um, but what is the overall purpose of the Bible if it is indeed the word of God and it contains all that we need to know about him how do we incorporate it more into our daily lives um, well I think uh, the purpose of the Bible first of all there is definitely a purpose to God's word so it, its purpose is not to sit on a shelf and gather dust um, and so Hebrews 4.12 shows us that the word of God is living and active. Um, and so there is, a, there is a purpose, a daily minute by minute purpose to what God's word uh, is seeking to achieve. Um, and the, the verse that we looked at earlier in, in 2 Timothy 3, I think, um, provides at least some of what the purpose of the Bible is. Uh, so let me read that again. All scripture is God breathed and is useful. There's that word. So all scripture is this and here is its purpose or part of its purpose. Um, and so it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good word, every good work. So it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the word of God, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so scripture is useful for teaching. Um, it, it teaches us all we need to know about Jesus and how we should respond to him. Um, it is useful for rebuking, as in it shows us uh, the, when we get things wrong and, and guides us towards the right path again. Um, it is useful for correcting. It, it shows us the way God would have us live and, and helps us to see his plan at work. Um, even sometimes as we see over his history of his interaction with his people, we see God's hand at work. And so it corrects us when, uh, when we start to veer off course. Um, it trains us in righteousness. Uh, so, so Christians are not to be stagnant. Um, we're, we're to continually grow in maturity of faith, uh, become shaped more into the likeness of Jesus. Uh, and so becoming a Christian is not about getting a, a golden ticket into heaven and just waiting around until we cash that in. We've got, a, we've got a role to play and a life to live here and now as we are shaped by God's word. We are trained in righteousness. And all of that is so that we are then equipped for every good work. So, so God's word is where we see how we're to live our life in, in step with him in the work that he's called us to do in the message he's, he's given us to share. So, so Christians aren't to believe just for their own benefit. Again, it's not that golden ticket idea. Um, but, but the belief and the faith that we have should, should have a positive impact for the name of Jesus on the world around us. Uh, and the reason that we're able to do that is because of how the word shapes us, trains us and equips us for every good work that God has planned for us. Um, and so the, the, the word of God is purposeful, deeply purposeful. Um, and, and that maybe all sounds uh, wonderful. And of course it is. Um, but there are many Christians, myself included, who sometimes struggle to, um, as you put it, kind of incorporate it more into our daily lives. Um, and so if the Bible is, is so good for us, why do we struggle with that? Um, if it's so important and life-giving and purposeful, then, then why are we not all dying to get our heads stuck into it? Um, well, mm. I think when I was reflecting on that, first of all, we need to recognize that we're in a spiritual battle against an enemy who wants to keep us from all the good that God has for us. 
Uh, and so he knows that the word of God is good. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It is living and active. It is useful for all of these things that we see in Second Timothy. And so the, the enemy wants to keep us from that and from time in his word, uh, in God's word. And, and therefore we're bombarded with distractions and demands on our time and our energy that, that sap us away from, from God's word. Um, and, and linked with that then, uh, those of us who are Christians, we, we still struggle with the desires of the flesh, as the Bible calls them, and the, the temptations to spend our time doing the things that the enemy tempts us with. Um, mm-hmm. so, so we find plenty of time for Netflix or social media, uh, but mm-hmm. we seemingly don't have time for God. That, that's certainly been my experience at times in my life. Uh, and so why is that? Well, the enemy is seeking to distract us. Our sinful flesh is seeking to distract us away from what God has for us that's good. Um, now, in my experience, both of those issues uh, can be fought, uh, fought against with, with a sense of, um, if I can say, like joyful discipline in reading mm-hmm. God's word. Um, so remember what we saw in 2 Timothy three seventeen: God's word itself helps to train us in righteousness. Um, and so the more we're in God's word, the more we're trained, uh, the, then the more we become uh, hungry for his word um, it's sometimes a little bit like uh, you don't realize you're hungry until you sit down and start to eat something uh, and mm. it's that same sense of if we want to grow in our love for God's word Second Timothy three sixteen would say that well the Bible itself trains us in righteousness and so the more we're in God's word the more trained we become to stay in it um, mm. and I guess the the third issue that some folks struggle with in terms of reading the Bible is that it can seem like such a daunting prospect. Like it's a big book with a lot of words, um, some of which we, we can't pronounce or understand. And, and so it can seem daunting. Um, not to mention the fact that many people struggle to read at all, yet to be a Christian, you're expected to read this ginormous book. Um, and so I guess in terms of practical steps of how we can incorporate it more into our daily lives, um, I would really encourage everyone just to start somewhere. Uh, start small and start somewhere. So maybe it's uh, reading through the gospel of Mark uh, or, or just picking a gospel and reading through it and, and seeing what you see about uh, the life and ministry and, and attitudes and uh, teachings of Jesus. Um, maybe it would be helpful for you to use a guide of some kind. And so there are, there are so many opportunities to, to be guided through God's word. I'm currently working through First Samuel um, and using a resource from the Good Book Company. Um, and so you read a portion of scripture and then turn to this and it helps just um, uh, helps unpack that in a way that's, that's helpful and practical. Um, and there's many other ways, the Bible in a year, um, the audio Bible, maybe if you're, if you're struggling to read God's word, um, but yet you find yourself with uh, you know, a 20 minute commute in the morning, well then uh, stick on the audio Bible and, and allow God's word to soak into you. Even if you've read the Bible lots in your, in your life, um, actually hearing it read in that way can be really enlightening. Um, maybe even if you're used to a particular version of scripture, um, then try reading a different version to, to allow God's word, not because the, the truth is different, um, but just in how it's, how it's slightly uh, altered and how it's, um, how it's presented. That may bring a fresh, a fresh uh, understanding to you. Um, so start somewhere, use a guide, and maybe even read with someone else. Um, what an amazing thing it could be after this uh, COVID-19 crisis to uh, get alongside somebody in a coffee shop and just read God's word together and talk about what you've learned there. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, I would say, and maybe I'm biased as a pastor, um, but I would say engage with the public teaching of God's word. Um, and I use that word engage really significantly. I'm not saying just go to church. I'm saying engage with public teaching. 
Uh, so wherever you are, whatever church you're part of, certainly for our folks here in Gilnahirk, uh, I would love uh, for people to be sitting. If, if you're the type of learner that needs to take notes, then do that. If you're a doodler, then doodle what you're hearing and what you see in God's word. If you uh, are someone who needs time to process, then then uh, jot down some bullet points, reflect on them, then email me during the week and ask questions. I, I don't believe that that preaching should just be a uh, this kind of dump of information, but actually it's a it's a it's a conversation that can be begun, but that can only happen if if uh, if folk fully engage. Um, and I realise that's difficult. I can ramble on some Sunday mornings, um, but but please do engage with that public teaching of God's word. Um, read the passage after that we've been studying, etc. And so start somewhere, use a guide, read with someone else, engage with public teaching, um, and maybe join a small group. Um, that's a, another really helpful way to do it, where, where you get to uh, hear and learn from people who are at very different stages of the faith journey to you. Um, maybe someone who's uh, you know, been a Christian for longer than you or not as long as you. And so you get to hear and learn and sharpen one another. Um, Hebrews 10 talks about how we spur one another on to love and good deeds. And so let's do that together. Thanks, Drew. That's um, that's really helpful, and some really helpful tips and advice there for for people who want to um, taste and see that the Lord is good and spend more time in His Word. I think um, the fact that you spent a lot of time there talking about those verses in Second Timothy, Second Timothy three, um, verses sixteen and seventeen, um, show how important they are, and they hold just in those two verses such a depth of information about God's Word and how we are. Um, to treat it. Um, so I'll just read those again, just, just to close here. Um, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thank you, uh, Drew, for, for answering those. And thank you to uh, all of you listeners for tuning in um, and tune in to our next podcast where we will be, where we, where we will be discussing whether or not the God of the Old Testament is a moral monster. Thank you. Take care.